Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bouble. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bouble. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office, and I'm the firm's tax practice leader. Today, it's my pleasure to have Allison Brack, who is also a tax partner in the New York City office. Allison, welcome. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy uh, you are along with everyone else. So today's podcast, we're going to focus on the options a taxpayer has if they have QIP, Qualified Improvement Property. So Allison, that was a change in the depreciation method enacted recently by the CARES Act. So if taxpayers have QIP in 2018 and 2019, they can now take bonus depreciation. So first, let's just talk about somebody who's got QIP in 18 and 19, but they haven't yet filed their 2019 tax return. Okay, great, yeah. In that situation, Joe, the taxpayer actually has two choices. Um, the first thing that they could do is, if they wanted, they could amend their 2018 tax return. Because on that tax return, they would have depreciated the QIP over 39 years. They could simply amend that tax return and take bonus depreciation on the QIP, claim the additional deductions. Assuming it's a partnership, they would issue amended K-1s to their partners, and then the partners would have to amend all of their tax returns to claim the additional losses. Since they have not filed their 2019 tax returns yet, they would just appropriately depreciate the QIP on their 2019 tax return, taking the bonus depreciation. So that's the first option that they have. The other option um, avoids the necessity to amend the 2018 tax returns because not everybody is going to be thrilled about doing that. Again, if they're a partnership, they're not going to want to issue amended K-1s to all their partners, have the partners have to amend all their personal tax returns. So if they don't want to do that, they don't need to amend the 2018 tax returns in order to take the bonus depreciation on the 2018 QIP. Instead, in their 2019 tax return, they could file a form 3115, which is for a change in accounting method, and change the accounting method on the depreciation of their QIP that was placed in service in 2018, claim the bonus depreciation, and take that additional deduction in their 2019 tax return. So that's um, an option that's available to all taxpayers. And uh, some may choose to go the amended route because they may want those additional losses in the 2018 tax year so that they could be carried back to 2013. But others may prefer not to go through the hassle of amending all the tax returns and would prefer to just take the additional deductions in 2019. Okay, great. Thanks, Allison. And that's an important thing that you mentioned on 2018. We were just on a call yesterday with a client where we prepared the return for the property level, but passes up to an outside investor, and we had to get on the call with them because we have no idea what happens when the K-1 goes out. So in that case, they actually had losses in 2018. So the decision was, for the time being, to do what you said, in terms of just amending, uh, just filing 2019 and including the change in accounting method. So that's more work that everyone has to look because you, 
someone doing the property level may not have all the information up the chain. So now let's just turn to a similar question. Somebody's got QIP in 18 and 19, we can take bonus depreciation, but both of those returns now have already been filed. Then what does somebody have to do? What are their options? Okay, yeah, so in that case, there's actually three choices available to the taxpayer. The first is, as, as before, they could amend their 2018 tax return, take the bonus depreciation on the assets placed in service in 18 on that amended return. Then they would also have to amend their 2019 tax return, take the bonus depreciation on the assets placed in service in 2019, so that's two years worth of amended returns, not probably a, uh, a scenario that most taxpayers are going to want to do. So the second option is kind of what we talked about before, they could amend the 2019 tax return only. In that case, they'd make the correction to the 2019 assets and claim the bonus depreciation on those and file that 3115 and make the change in accounting method on the 2018 assets. So in that case, a little better than the first option, they're only having to amend one year's worth of tax returns versus having to amend two years worth of tax returns. But the third option is available if they don't want to amend any tax returns. So if they have qualified improvement property placed in service in 18 and 19, but both of those returns have already been filed and they don't want to amend those tax returns, they could wait until they file their 2020 tax return. And on the 2020 tax return, they would file the 3115, uh, do a change in accounting method for both the 18 and the 19 assets, and take the bonus depreciation on both of those in their 2020 tax return. So that is you know, a cleaner and simpler way of doing things. Again, avoiding having to amend tax returns, and like you said, having to pass those amended K-1s for partnerships up to maybe even multiple tiers of partners. Um, the, the downside, I guess, to that, however, is that they're not gonna get all these tax deductions that they could have gotten in 18 and 19 until 2020. But for some taxpayers, that might be worth the avoiding the hassle of doing the amendments. That's right, and on the, I guess the second choice you had what we've been finding on a lot of clients is that because of the postponement of the tax return filing deadlines to July 15th, while somebody may have filed the 2019 partnership returns, it's likely that many of the returns that it flows into haven't been filed yet. They're on extension. So they are going to file first by July 15th. So getting an amended K-1 is not so terrible. But again, you've got to you know look at each situation. Each situation is different and see... Uh, what the taxpayers want to do. So yeah. let's talk about the last question um, and uh, concerning section 163J, which is the interest expense limitation uh, enacted by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which limited in many cases the ability to deduct interest expense. There was a favorable rule for real estate. So you could elect out of it. So you elect out of these rules, you get to deduct all your interest expense but you got to convert your depreciation to the ADS system, which means you can't take bonus, but who cared? We didn't have bonus. Now the CARES Act comes in and says, well, you really have bonus because we made a mistake. Now what can somebody do? That's right. Great question. Because um, a lot of our clients did decide to make that election because 
even though they were losing out on the ability to take bonus on their improvement property, like you said, when they filed those returns, they couldn't take it anyway. So there was really no cost. The conversion to ADS was not such a big deal. In most cases, property going from 39 years depreciable life to 40 years depreciable life. So really not a big cost. But now that they could take bonus depreciation on the improvement property, it is costing them a lot of deductions to make this election and avoid the interest limitation. So thankfully under the CARES Act, the IRS recognized this and they put a provision in there saying that taxpayers had the ability to amend their 2018 tax return and revoke that election. Prior to the CARES Act, that election was irrevocable. Once it's made, it could not be undone. So the CARES Act generously provided the ability to revoke that election now that taxpayers could claim bonus depreciation and the cost of making the election kind of increased so significantly. So what I would say is any taxpayer that made that election in 2018 and had qualified improvement property placed in service in 2018 that they could now claim bonus depreciation on, they should take a look at their numbers and determine is my loss of interest expense if I was subject to the 163J limitation more or less than the bonus depreciation that I would get. Because if the bonus depreciation exceeds the loss of the interest expense, it's beneficial for them to revoke that election. And uh, to do so, they would simply amend the 2018 tax return, file a statement, they're revoking the election, and then they could claim the bonus depreciation on that, those assets. And what I'll also add is, once they revoke the election in 2018, now let's you know, go forward one year to 2019, they have a choice. They could either continue having that election be revoked and take bonus depreciation on improvement property, but let's say in 2019, they don't have any improvement property placed in service and their interest expense limitation is gonna be significant. They could always make that election in, you know, to be effective in 2019. But once it's made in 2019, that, is, that will be irrevocable. They can't revoke it again. And you can't go back and forth year after year. It's just a one shot ability to revoke it in 2018. Okay, so that's that's great, Allison. So if if we then went back to uh, I guess question two, in both years, for 2018 we would have to amend 18 to revoke the election. So that makes you amend 18, right? Yes, it's the only way to revoke that election is amend 18. That has to be done, correct? Right. And then in 2019 we would have to amend, apart from the the deduction of the bonus to now reelect, as you said, if we don't have much or uh, that can wait to 2020. But uh, any change in elections means you need to amend the return for that particular year. Yes, and any return that had been filed after it. So like you said, if 2019 had already been filed, presumably they would have, their interest expense would have been limited because they had made the election in 18. And if they revoke it, the interest expense is no longer limited. And, or sorry, the interest expense is limited in 19 since they've revoked the election. So they would need to account for both that change and the QIP or the making of the election in 19 if they revoked it in 18. So all kinds of changes, it does get kind of complicated. But the nice thing is these are all opportunities that are available to taxpayers and they're all beneficial. Oh, that's great, Elsa. Yeah, a lot to think about. And I, as I said, each client situation is different. 
Well, Allison, thanks again for uh, you know coming on the podcast today. This was very helpful. And to everyone out there, I hope everyone and your families are safe and uh, carry on. And please look out for our additional podcasts that will be forthcoming. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day.